0: This is podcast Coffee People in Middle East by Irina Sharipova. Here I speak with coffee professionals in Middle East, how to grow in the coffee industry, about glory and failure, and also I take opinions about coffee culture personally from coffee people. Hey everyone, my name is Irina Sharipova. I'm in the coffee industry for 10 years already now doing QC and education part in Story Roastery in Dubai, UEE. And I'm doing this podcast because this is the best way to know the people behind the industry and understand why the coffee market in Middle East grows, the good and bad sides of the coffee jobs, and why people stay in this industry for ages. We start the ninth episode, Coffee People in Middle East, with... Frederick Beho, he's a co-founder and green buyer from Archer's Coffee Rostery, the second place of UAE Brewers' Cup 2021. Uh,
1: welcome to the podcast, Frederick. Hey, thank you, Arena, for having me here. <laughs> welcome, welcome. Um, so, yes. It's the first day of Ramadan today. <laughs> uh, I wanted to greet, I guess, um, all our Muslim brothers.
0: Yes. Uh, Ramadan
1: Mubarak to all our Muslim brothers all around the world.
0: Great, great, yeah. great. Ramadan Mubarak. Um, so, we will talk today about how to build up and manage a rostery, coffee business in Middle East, and purpose of origin trips. So, when was your last trip for coffee purchases? Because when I see your Instagram, so you always out of the countries. When was the last trip?
1: Oh, the last trip, we did a processing course in Ethiopia. Wow. Uh, uh, this is very recent, just last month. Okay. So what, what we was did there? there is we did a Q processing uh, level two professional under okay. uh, Coffee Quality Institute. Wow. Um, so basically, what we did and and at the same time hitch for a coffee buying as well. Um, but what we did in that um, trip is. Um, it's, it's mainly an education uh, a course under CQI, right? And then from there we talk about coffee uh, post-harvest processing, mm-hmm. um, coffee fermentation, or important of fermentation and coffee drying, and um, overall uh, farm farm took up the uh, mm-hmm. um, um, I- idea of uh, processing coffee. Okay, yeah. so
0: this is the last step of Q-processing uh, education course, or it's going to be the
1: level 3? There is level 3, but the level 3 is not open for now. Okay. Um, it, the level 3, is. Uh, it will take some time. I think it's a, a year course. A year course? You, yeah, we need to do a lot of online and then a lot of theory and also a lot of uh, farm uh, experience. Wow, so you have to be a farmer. You actually. need to become a farmer. Ah, yeah. well, the course is very, it, it, the course is very interesting. We talk a lot in copy uh, post-harvest processing, mm-hmm. right? So what's what's the important on picking up the uh, cherries and yeah. um, um, ripe, ripeness of cherries and um, What's the importance of how do, you, how do you approach coffee fermentation in a different way that impacts or direct flavor profiles in coffee? Uh, how even drying affects uh, the, the final cup? Like, I think wow. everything is very interesting. Um, and in that uh, class, um, one thing I really learned is sometimes myself, um, when I start doing coffee processing, I get so excited and I, I jump in into uh, to straight away the experiencing doing coffee fermentation and stuff like that. But then sometimes, you know, this a b the, the ABCs, and then it's basically like I do ABC and then I jump to XYZ. Okay. Um, what does the Q-processing help me is uh, it helps uh, me to actually know the baseline of... of the the process in general uh, in in the in the farm um, not only in the farm also in in the dry mill understanding how a dry mill uh, works um, and and all those stuff yeah
0: mm-hmm. how long did it take you the last trip like the last the, course
1: the, the trip took us a total of twelve days okay. because we we arrived in Addis Ababa which mm-hmm. is the capital of Ethiopia yeah and then. From there, uh, we wait for all the students to come, because the students are not only from UA. We have students from um, from Amsterdam, from UK. Uh, we are from US. We have even from, I think, Bangladesh, uh, some of it, in, in India even. We um, waited for them in Addis Ababa for, for a day, uh, and then the next day, we hid a, we hit a very long trip going to Hawassa, um, which is the next... Uh, the capital of uh, near Sidama mm-hmm. is in Sidama actually. So uh, the trip took us we started at 8 a.m in the morning, 7:38 a.m. in the morning and then it took us 12 hours to reach the Bensa area, uh, which is uh, the place where we are doing our processing courses. And on that area also is the place where uh, where we stay, like a like a lounge or like a motel for okay. us to stay for the whole for the whole week. Yeah, and wow. then the place where we stay, um, we got accommodated by the I'm Very thankful for them. They help us a lot on the trip. Especially we're a lot. we I think we're 20 plus students on the trip. Um, they're helping us a lot and then the the area where we live uh, is just 15-20 minutes drive from the from the washing station by itself. Mm-hmm. So it's a very, very nice experience to have. Wow. I hope you can join us next time.
0: Yes, yes, yeah. it sounds interesting, but of course yeah. you need to know mm-hmm. fundamentals first, like yeah. uh, level one, mm-hmm. then you go to level two, right, yes. to the origin, it's yeah. obligatory. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Yeah, I think the class of uh, the processing class level two, um, if you don't have so much experience in the farm, mm-hmm. if you don't understand copy processing, if you never visit any dry mill or washing stations, um, it will be a bit hard for you. So I, I only recommend, I always recommend taking level one first. Um, it's not mandatory, you can actually jump to level two. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially if you have a lot of experience already in that uh, f- uh, in, the, in the origin side but if you don't have an experience a lot of people here don't have an experience yet in the origin the, it's really recommended to get the processing level one because when level 2 is not an easy course to, mm-hmm. to, to pass it's really that an easy course to pass um, there's a, there's an exam involved uh, mm-hmm. A lot of exam involves a lot of mathematics and science wow. <laughs> on the exam.
0: Did you pass? Do you know the results or? Uh,
1: fortunately, I passed the the exam. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. So really interesting. Nice. For yeah, the level one, um, basically the understanding of um, again the post-service processing. Mm-hmm. Um, they will also teach you the basic processes like uh, wash process, honey process, and and um, natural process and stuff like that. And um, they they give you a bigger picture of the how, how the farm works, how the washing station works, how the dry mill works, and then they let you taste the coffees also that you that uh, the differentiation between processes, um, like to differentiate what is dry uh, wet a uh, dry fermentation wash process mm-hmm. to a wet fermentation wash process, mm-hmm. right and, and then jumping to the level two course, it's crazy because what we did is we did only the basic processing, natural wash and honey, but then we we did uh, 20 different types of styles in processing. Like wow. there are so many different styles of processing. And then I'm, I'm very surprised also with the, with the result that how those, a little tweak on fermentation, a little tweak on drying, Uh, impacts the the, the flavors uh, uh, on the coffee. Yeah, Yeah. it's
0: very interesting because you know, remembering that when you learn espresso, how to adjust espresso when you teach people how many factors affect on the coffee flavor, and they are like their brain, like uh, you know, it's burst really too out. Much, right? Yes, <laughs> but if you speak about processing, like you can do like 20 options, and mm-hmm. it will affect on the coffee cup. Wow, that's yeah.
1: uh, big info. Um, th- this is actually really a good um, course to join. Why, uh, especially to those uh, guys in the roastery or uh, quality control people. Because right now, um, the way I evaluate our coffee um, is not only limited to the the roasting, um, and it's not only limited to how they extract the coffee, but the way how I evaluate coffee now is break down into three parts. Um, and when I cup or drink coffee, the first evaluation that hits my mind is, is it is the coffee good, is the, the way Is the raw material good, right? When when I talk about raw material, did they process the coffee good? Mm -hmm. Is it the fresh green beans? Uh, How's the fermentation is, right? So, sipping that coffee, flying yourself to the farm, if they did good in the farm, and if they do good in the farm, then I proceed to the second evaluation, which is roasting. Um, Is it underdeveloped? Is it overdeveloped? Is it in the sweet spot, right? And then if there's there's no problem with the roasting, then I proceed with the the next evaluation, which is did they brew it properly? Yeah. So taking those uh, processing courses uh, gives you an opportunity to have a broader Uh, perspective of how you evaluate coffee quality. Yeah, Yeah. that
0: helps a lot to purchase good coffee. Yes, yes, it helps a lot. Good, that's actually what I want to know, because I want to know about Coffee Origin Trip, because I think lots of uh, our listeners, especially like baristas, they heard a lot about Coffee Origins, Coffee Origin Trips, but what actually is included in Coffee Origin Trip? How... Do you do that, how it goes, and what is the purpose?
1: Mm, at first, uh, my purpose is basically to understand how the origin works. Mm-hmm. And how origin works is very different from one origin to another or, mm-hmm. Can uh, origin. Can
0: you give example, please?
1: Yes, uh, for instance, in, in, in Ethiopia or in Africa in mm-hmm. general, um, most of the exporters slash producers um, mainly they're exporters actually. Most of the time they they don't own farms. They only own washing stations. So what the washing station does is few things. They buy cherries to the, to the local farmers in the neighboring area. And what they do is they are the one who are responsible to process those coffees, to sort those coffees, to dry those coffees, to rest those coffees. Basically. If, the from receiving those coffees until, until sending those coffees to the buyers like us. So that's how Ethiopia works or Africa works. And the reason why is because in Africa, most of the time, farmers own super small uh, lands,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Um, there are even farmers that has only half a hectare land and has maybe 100 trees only, right? Right. Um, the way to do it is basically they just collect those cherries during the harvest season and sell them to the nearest washing station, right? But then, like, if you go to Brazil or Panama, it's a different story because the producer uh, by itself is the exporter and they also own the farm. Mm. So the producer has a control almost on everything where they own a coffee plantation um, they they own the washing station or the, the, the wheat mill. So this washing station in Africa, they call it wheat mill in American countries. Uh, so they own the coffee plantation, they own the wheat mill, the, 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 the drying areas where they process the coffees, they own that. Uh, sometimes, in some cases, they even own the dry mill by itself. Wow. And they also, do the quality control by themselves, sell them, sell that coffee by themselves, and export the coffee. So they have the full control from, 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 from planting it until selling the coffee to the to the consumers. Where else in Ethiopia, uh, again, or in in Africa, be it in Rwanda, be it in uh, Kenya, I uh, know in Kenya it's a different story also, but in, in Rwanda and, and Ethiopia, for instance, um, uh. In, in the washing station, so again, they process it, they, 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 they do some fermentation stuff, they dry it, and then after, that, after the coffee dried in a specific uh, moisture, they then bring it to the uh, warehouse uh, to rest the coffees. And the reason why they rest the coffees is to stabilize the water activity and the moisture. Now, once those uh, coffees are stabilized from the warehouse in the, in the producing areas, They didn't travel uh, sometimes very far. Like for instance, in Sidama, traveling to to Addis to -hmm. bring those coffees in the dry mill um, for cleaning. And the dry mill is the responsible for um, cleaning those coffees, sorting those coffees, right? And then density, Mm -hmm. um, sorting, uh, screen size, uh, separations, and, and especially um, colors sorting, for for them to get an exportable uh, final quality of coffee wow. to, to to send to the buyers like us.
0: Interesting, I didn't yeah. know. So every country has their own protocol. Depends on how developed they are, right? Yes, yes. Uh, the system which already has been established.
1: Yeah. yeah. In, in in Colombia, some cases is it's it's it's. Um, there are producers, like I will mention one, like Cafe Gran Jala Esperanza, they have full control on everything because they own coffee plantation, they own the they own the area where they ferment coffees and dry the coffees, and they have also dry meal. Uh, but in, in most of the cases in Colombia, um, the, the farmers are the one who is responsible to process their coffee. So uh, an example of... Let's say I'm a farmer and I own two hectare land and I grow castillo. Uh, my I'm responsible to pick those cherries. Um, I'm responsible to do the, the the sorting, fermentation, and drying. And then once it's coffee ready, I then sell this coffee to the cooperatives. Mm. So cooperatives are the one who gather um, uh, those small farmers in in areas. And then the the cooperative is the one who will sell them or invite buyers like us Mm -hmm. um, to to sell the coffee, and and basically to also mill those coffees. Mm -hmm. So that's how it works. But in Colombia, it's really good because when a farmer delivers his parchment coffee to the cooperative, the cooperative has all the data that that they can gather, What's the variety of your coffee? Um, what, how, what is the elevation of your farm? How many hectares is your farm? What's the name of the producer? What's even the family, mm. the, the the wife or the childrens of the producer? And even the dog name, they can even they can even uh, gather those uh, information, and that's why even though that it's a collective, um, co- uh, it's a coffee that collects from the di- different areas. They we they are still managed they can still manage to to give you a very traceable uh, coffee.
0: Mm-hmm, so which yeah. makes your job easier, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So the other question uh, regarding also coffee origin trip. So from your side, you are responsible for co- uh, green purchasing, right? Mm-hmm. So how do you find producers and establish relationships? So to me, it seems like very niche questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so because nobody, I think, all, only few people understand how coffee is being bought, right? Mm-hmm. So, but for you, uh, for a roastery, how do you do that? Like, you just buy tickets and go to Colombia and just do hunting, or you know, already some contacts? How how it's happening?
1: Oh. um yeah, when, when we started in Archers, it's, it's quite difficult because we don't have enough reputation to, to introduce ourselves to famous uh, producers mm-hmm. all around the world. But then now it's fairly easy because uh, we, we manage to um, make uh, at least a name of the business now and, and producing uh, producers, famous producers um, all around the world at least somehow uh, already knows us and we already get connected. But um, the way how I buy coffees, right? Um, it is very, this is one of the biggest, this is one of the reason why we actually opened Archer's, because before, years back when we started, uh, when, when coffee is just, especially coffee is just started in, in, in UAE or the mid, in the Middle East, this is like 10 years ago, um, we thought, and I even thought that if I run out of Ethiopian coffee, I just buy an Ethiopian coffee. If I run out of Ethiopian coffee, mm-hmm. or um, uh, around January, uh, sorry December, I just buy an Ethiopian coffee during December, which actually doesn't make sense because in December, Ethiopia is just on the peakest of their harvest. Mm-hmm. Now, if you buy coffee from uh, from Ethiopia in December time, basically what you're buying is the last crap and somehow kind of leftovers, left over coffees to all buyers all, all around the world, right? Now, buying coffee, the way, I, the way I do it is at first, I think now it's very easy to find good producers um, because of coffee competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, mainly, we are linking ourselves to them. Uh, when, when you talk about Colombia, you, you have uh, uh, Granja La Esperanza, La Palma El Tucan, Creative Coffee District, you know, you, we link ourselves to the top producers. And the same thing in in, in Panama, you, there is Finca de Bora, Jensen Coffee, um, Abu Coffee, and famous producers, Lamastos mm-hmm. and stuff like that. we we'll link ourselves first to them, right? Second is, when you buy coffee, you need to know what is actually the trend on the market, right? Because trend keep on changing every, not every year, maybe, maybe every two, three years. Uh, for instance, um, few, few years back, six years back, the trend is clean, clean coffee, very even physical look um, on, on the raw material, and it's just um, defined flavors, as mainly clean coffees, clean and sweet coffees, right? Um, but trend is keep on changing every now and then, right? Now the current trend of we, I remember, we also have this trend of this funky coffees, very boozy, very fermented coffees. And that's like, what, two years ago? Uh, three years ago? And then I noticed that the market itself, starts to get that correction of okay this is actually too much fermentation now the market is correcting themselves and the trend now is going back to that cleaner fermentation is still there but more of a cleaner and the fermentation that's only helping the coffee doesn't outshine the terroir of the coffee and that's what the trend right now another trend right now is um we are we currently mostly chasing flavors mm-hmm. of coffee. We chase flavors in coffee. So, for instance, um, when you chase flavors in coffee, there are also some 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 things that you can you need to wave, right? Wave off. What I mean is, and the reason why is, coffee in the past years the innovation in coffee is too fast, right? And we, for the for the past five, six years, um, we, we started this trend of innovation on coffee processing, right, and now anaerobics are very common, and this coffee processing is very important because this elevates the flavors of the coffee, if you do it correctly, but in some cases, it can also go sideways, right? But it, again, it's very important because this type of processing elevates the, a regular, um, for instance, in, in let's say a Castillo in Colombia, if you process them, uh, a wash process, maybe you're, the best way you can score 84, 85, to do a, a specific processing can elevate the score to 86, 87. Um, so processing is very important, but the, the challenge with this processing um, it, it's a big big risk on the physical look of the coffee, right? Um, nowadays, you can see the coffee that is not very even looking, like there is kind of black, there's kind of a bit lighter color, and there's look like green color. And when you, when you sell that to the, when you bring those type of coffee, which is beautiful, beautiful in flavors, but when you bring that to our market, a lot of people here that don't understand coffee processing, they will say, no, this is a very bad coffee. See, it's not even, right? So this is the challenging on processing right now. That current the current trend right now is we're chasing flavors, but you need to you need to understand that you need to wave off some of those what is right before that it needs to be screen size, um, the screen size should be even, the colors should be even, you need to wave off that. Because nowadays, even an, 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 a very uh, bigger range of screen size of coffees um, and very uneven colors of coffees produce an amazing flavors. So when you decide as a buyer, you need to Um, taste the coffee before you judge the 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 coffee yeah not you you cannot judge the coffee based on physical look but you need to taste it and then you can confirm if this coffee is good or bad Mm -hmm. yeah
0: but anyway when you connect yourself with producers famous one but how to find like uh, the other one because i think market was already filled up with some famous producers but Mm -hmm. how to find the other farmers who you need to support because coffee industry is about supporting the other farmers who don't have uh, access to the internet mm-hmm. so do you do something like that like uh, hunting coffee to find your ways not only as i understood you link yourself with a famous one mm-hmm. but do you have any farmers which you establish uh, a relationship with mm-hmm. like but you find found them like by chance Yes. when you
1: traveled, how, how was it? Oh yes, um, and, uh, and, and one story is when I traveled to Rwanda, I think two years ago, right? I think two years ago. So when I traveled to Rwanda, I went to this specific producer and I visited the farms and uh, I tried his coffee and his coffee tastes amazing. But in, in that trip, I also bumped with another producer that he invited me in his cupping table and actually mm. don't know the producer. Um, he, he invited me in his laboratory, cup the coffees, and the coffee is, tastes unbelievably good. I was like, oh, this is <laughs> this is so my my purpose is to go to this producer, okay. but I end up buying more coffee to this producer. <laughs>
0: okay. That's
1: that's 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 and then we are still buying from that producer until oh, wow. now. Um, and I guess because of his style of coffee suits the, 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 the flavors that the market in the UAE like, like very tropical, very aromatic. Mm. And, and also we bump, I bump some producers in um, Colombia, right, I, I, I work with not very um, famous producers where we are helping each other to, 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 to grow. Um, uh, I I'm I, don't know, I I will mention uh, the the name of his farm called Fingalaholia. So I, I bumped with him a few years back, um, and my friend from Singapore uh, told me about him, and then in the first year of my friend telling me about him, I didn't I didn't really bite it because. I don't know the producer, and then the producer. I'm I'm trying to check. You know, there's no people using his coffee for competition, but by the time I tried his coffee, it tastes amazing. I was like, wow, this is this doesn't make sense. From that moment, I start to contact him, mm-hmm. um, and we are still buying coffee from him uh, until now. But um, we also grow where. Um, Now he understands what type of flavor characters we are looking for to this market. Mm -hmm. And we are trying to create a recipe on fermentation that suits with the the market here in That's the most interesting part, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But most of our producers that we are working, we are working for them for a, a long, long period of time now, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this is actually the next question. What does? Um, what are the most important aspects of maintaining a good relationship with the uh, coffee suppliers from mm-hmm. the farm? Mm-hmm. How to trust people? Because you know, to me, it seems like you travel far away. You find just people, as you said already. Like you bumped with the person who gave you a nice copy on the cupping So you buy it. Yeah. And uh, you're waiting for the crop and how do you trust that the coffee will be the same that you tried already how, how it works
1: okay that's a nice question good thing because i it's in my head i wanted to talk to it earlier so the so how the buying works is you you first uh get a offer sample on the harvest you cup the coffees and if you like those coffees then you 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 contract those coffees mm-hmm. by the time you contract those coffees the which you confirm to buy those coffees, the producer then prepare those coffees, clean those coffees and prepare that for an export. Um, But before they ship those coffees, they send you a pre-shipment sample, PSS. So the PSS is a sample where this coffee is ready to move to you, but it will not move from the their country the origin until you confirm the coffee mm-hmm. so what i'm what i'm doing is when i receive the pre shipment samples i then compare the offer sample and the pre shipment sample i i can see the the green beans the screen size the colors and then i will reflect then to the cupping so I cut the pre-shipment samples. I compare the cupping to the offer sample, mm-hmm. and if the to be honest, there's always a changes. You you cannot say that it's hundred uh, percent the same coffee. There's a changes because in, in in coffee, it's it's mainly it's a gift by the nature, right? Yeah. It's only a few things that we can actually control, right? And when you buy those ten thousand kilos of coffee they produce that them, those 10,000, not in one day, but they produce them in a couple of months. So the coffee is actually, there will be some changes on the coffee. But for me is if the changes is not too drastic, there is a specific percentage of changes that I can accept. And then if the changes is not too drastic, sometimes it's even better than the offer sample. Mm,
0: But have you ever experienced like the
1: bad coffee? Yes, 100%. For years in buying coffee, I I experienced that uh, the offer sample is really good and the Uh, arrival is really bad. So in this case,
0: you have to write a producer, like your report, like, unfortunately I can't accept this uh, lot of coffee.
1: Oh, uh, that is very challenging. Uh, But but before we go to that, so basically you confirm the PSA sample. And that's the time they start sh- shipping the coffees here. Then, when they ship the coffees here, there's what you, what we do is you have these jute bags of coffee or boxes of coffee. You randomly choose boxes of coffee. You open coffee randomly, get sample at what we call a arrival sample. Yeah. And then when you get a sample from a different uh, random bags or random boxes, then you compare those coffees to your offer sample. And the PS sample, for you to know that is it really the right coffee uh, from the offer until the until the arrival of the coffee here, and it's very frustrating because there are some cases that is not. And when we buy coffees, we know uh, what coffees to buy. The coffee needs to suits what the market needs and wants and like, right? But if the coffee will arrive here and it's different from what you confirm. What then happened is it's so frustrating because instead of you hundred percent sure that you can sell those coffees, mm-hmm. then the coffee will will instead not sell because it doesn't suits for the liking of the market here. And what what actually go, going back to your question earlier, what 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 will I do is I will I will give the producer all my uh, report. I will tell him that hey, this is the This is your offer, and this this is the PSS, and this is the arrival. I will I will check the first the moisture level. I will check the screen sizes, and then I will take a nice good uh, picture for the colors of the beans, and then I will send uh, to him together with cupping evaluation from your offer, PSS and the arrival. And in 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 some cases when when you do that. producers somehow kind of accept the the those mistakes but and it's it's very expensive to it's very costly to to return them back to the producing country and we never done that if mm. the coffee arrival here is actually bad most of the cases the risk is from your side oh, and what happens is you then tell the producer and, and, and basically maybe don't buy uh, the uh, coffee from them the next year. That's what mainly happened. But it's a very expensive cost because yeah. imagine, imagine, just a, imagine a mistake of one container. That is almost a million dirhams mistake. Yeah, <laughs>
0: right? that's crazy. Um,
1: yeah, so it's crazy. Um, but there are producers that we give a chance. Especially if producers uh, kind of um, he has a good reason behind it, and and we know that that producer really is not you know he will not lie to you or he's a he's a he's actually a good producer. It's just there are some cases that things happen like that. Maybe it's out of his hands, right? Because. Most of the cases, they are, you know, they, are, they are delivering a lot of coffees all around the world, right? And it, there are some cases that you know it's, it's out of their hands, and we give them one chance. But what I'm doing is, if the producer commit a mistake this year, I will actually travel and meet that producer himself. Whoa. And I will tell him uh, face-to-face that I face this problem. Yeah. And most, most cases, the next year, he gives you the best lads that he, he ever <laughs> produced <laughs> on that year. Wow.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Um, right. So let's speak about roastery. I'm curious about the business side of the roasting company. How does it work starting from the scratch? So mm-hmm. you are as a co-founder of Archers. Can you tell me in details, like how you came up to this uh company, mm-hmm. so of course you have a background in coffee, but what was the path to make the roastery? And um, mm-hmm. yeah, some more details.
1: Yeah, I love that. Um, I think my, building Archers is is um, my frustration to the UAE market before, a uh, few years back. Um, and the reason why is I wanted, there's a lot of challenges in the UAE market before, and I noticed that there are a lot of people opening up a business, but most of the time, they don't actually notice the problems on the market beforehand. Mm -hmm. And and Archer's, I think we, I am together with my partners able to make Archer's um, because of the same uh, the same mindset there so Kimal is one of the co-founder and Dave is one of the co-founder and then we have some local um, partners as well but then when I meet Dave and Kimal we have the same visions of um, we are looking on those problems that we have in the UAE market and no one really are solving them and and there are, th- these are a few problems, right? So, a few years back, the, the one of the problem in the UAE is uh, an access of uh, uh, the raw material. Um, it's very hard for a roasters to, to buy good green beans. And I, I dig deep and I realize it's hard because no one, there are very few actually know how to buy coffee, right? Buying coffee means you need to study when is the harvest season, you need to study when is the right time and timing to buy. Uh, an example, yeah, Colombia, for instance, in in Tolima and Huela, they have two harvest season. You need to know when is the harvest season, when so that you can know when you will buy coffees. But Colombia is so huge. If you go on the other side, which is Santa Marta, there are only one harvest season. And then if you go to Valle de Cauca. There are almost like few small harvests in the middle of the year. So as a buyer, it's actually, it's, it's easy to say this guy is a coffee buyer, but there's a lot of study that you need to, to do for you to become a good coffee buyer.
0: Yeah, and it's not just to buy coffee and salad.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> and
0: be a roaster.
1: You need to study a lot of things. Yeah. You need to study the farm, you need to study logistics, you need to study import and export. You need to study a lot of, all of those things. And most, most importantly, you need to study, again, the harvest season of, of different areas. Like in Ethiopia, when is the harvest season and when is the buying season? Because the window of buying season is very, very short window. Right. In Ethiopia, in for instance, there is, the harvest starts in September from the lowlands, and sometimes it finishes February from the very highlands, and the window to buy coffee is around February second week to March second week. These are a very short window, and, and the reason why I said this window, and those windows will change year to year depending on if the harvest is early or the harvest is late. And the reason why I, I tell you this window, because if you buy coffee too early, you might not have a chance to cup those coffees in the very high lands, and those are beautiful coffees. Mm. But if you're waiting for those highlands also, you might not have the chance to cup the coffees from the slightly lower lands. So the challenge before is the access of that raw material because there are very few understand how to buy coffee. So that's the first challenge, mm-hmm. right? The second challenge before is pricing. This relates to pricing. Um, Few years back, um, I noticed a lot of cafes buying their whole uh, roasted coffee from Europe, US, or China. And and for me, I was like, doesn't make sense, this is U.A.A. We have all the access of everything, but how come that you are buying from other countries. So it's a question on, 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 on my mind and the, and, and, and the same question like what Dave and Kimal is thinking. And it doesn't make sense where a coffee here, um, imagine if a coffee is here, a thousands of a coffee is here, buy only coffees from outside, outside the country, what will happen to us as a local roasters, right? And then I start, I start asking this question, why are you buying to, uh, to other countries? And their answer to me is the same. Everyone answers the same. They get better quality coffee and cheaper price. Which another, it doesn't make sense again. Because I ask this question of, okay, how can you get a cheaper price when you pay the shipping fee? I was like, that's what we are are buying this much, even together with the shipping. My price is still, my buying is still lower compared to the prices currently on the market of UAE before. So it's frustrating. So prices. Another challenge of the market before that I face as a, as a, as a coffee person in UAE is an access to coffee education. Uh, before, the access of barista and brewing, there is in this market. Um, uh, I'm very happy for that. But if you if you want to go deeper, you want to do sensory, you need to fly out from the country. If you want to go roasting, you want to fly out from the country. If you want to do processing courses, you need to fly out. Q-grading, you need to go outside the country. There is actually no one is doing here. And for me, education is very important for us, this industry, to be very sustainable. So, I have this, I have this in my mind, the problems of the the, the challenges that we face in the market, and someone needs to fix this problem. And when I open Archer's, together with my partners, it's not mainly, of course money is important, but our aim is to fix those problems, and later on money will come. Money is just money. Money will come if you actually do, if you actually have a vision to do something, to, to change something, right? And by doing that, um, moving forward, um, yeah, business grows um, and money come. And, and right now what I'm doing is, because those problems are already solved uh, in the current year. A lot of people doing education now. Now the access of raw material is already here to this market. Um, prices is already good to this market. Now what I'm doing is I'm looking for another problems to solve. Hopefully I will find one <laughs> in the, today or in the future. Yeah.
0: yeah which problems, in your opinion, uh, UE market? Facing right now, currently.
1: So, uh, like what I've said earlier, those three problems is already solved. Yes, it's already solved. But uh, but right now, that's a good question because I'm looking for a problem. (laughs) Problem is always an opportunity to do something. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I'm really looking for the problems right now. I I I think the challenges that what we are facing right now is there are. Many people who understand coffee um, in a not in a deeper um, perspective, like the, they understand. Sometimes, they, when you understand a little, that's the guys who talk too much. Um, and and I guess the problem that we're facing is this these things of I don't like your coffee. There's quakers in your natural utopia. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like your coffee, your Colombia because it has different color shades. I don't like your utopia because the screen size is not even. I think this this is actually what's the problem right now. And to solve this problem, it's uh, an effort between a lot of coffee educa- educators, is uh, and you you mm. you yourself as a coffee educator. That I think this is what we what I see is the current problem. Um, it, it, we need to to um, update the market of what is currently right right now because what we know few years back is actually what what is right few years back is it's not correct there are things that is not actually right right now because innovation in coffee is so fast and again um what is right before is already wrong um into this uh, these days yeah Yeah.
0: agree agree with you (laughs) let's see how we can change the market because Hopefully. yeah <laughs> we need to push <laughs> we need to push yeah, yeah. exactly like, education is uh, right tool for that so how did you feel when you start operating like tremendous amount of orders like after a while like i think you got some achievement mm.
1: uh
0: after the opening mm-hmm. so what were your feelings when you realized oh my god we supply lots of clients already because you already mm. told that you uh, faced some challenges so mm-hmm. you solved some problems and w- when was this aha moment mm-hmm. How, what were your feelings like oh my god there are lots of us what to do
1: oh it's uh it's it, yeah it's very overwhelming for us in the in the in the beginning um i, I remember imagine me dave and kemal uh, uh we are the guys who so so open right um and we are the we are the source, we we are the one who source the coffee we are the one who roast the coffee we are the one who sort the coffee we are the one who bag the coffee we are the one who cleaned the space we are the one who delivered the coffee we are the one who quality control the coffee we, when we start with Archer's, it's it's uh, it's it's uh, it's frustrating because you know you become everything you become a delivery boy you become a cleaner you become a sales you become a qc you become everything and by the time that I noticed that uh, it's very overwhelming because uh, on just a span of a year, order pick up so fast. And uh, actually going back to the beginning of Archer's, the first plan is not to open a roastery. The first plan is to be a green coffee trader in York. Ah,
0: that was an initial plan for you. Yeah. Oh, so
1: okay. <laughs> we want to become a green coffee trader to, to to supply roasters here to solve the problem of the access of a good raw material, right? But when, when, but then when we open the business uh, on just in, in span of few months, most of the demands, most of the clients want to buy the green beans, but they also ask us, okay, I will buy this green beans because I like it and the cupping, but who will roast this coffee? In the span of months, maybe in three months, we shift becoming a green beans trader to become a roastery. And it, it's, it's very overwhelming because when we start Archer's, we don't even have a roasting machine. Mm. The roasting machine come in the later part. You know what we did? We are renting roasting machine outside um, oh, really? in, in Dubai. So we receive the orders, we have the green beans, we bring these green beans to a roastery, okay. we roast this coffee, bring them back to Archer's, sort this coffee. Bag this coffee and deliver this. Um, so that that's what happened in the first years of Archers until we, the orders pick up, uh, we get overwhelmed by orders, uh, we start ordering machine. And you know, it's not too fast to order. It's not magic to get a, a 12 kilo mm-hmm. probat or a 15 kilo gishen. you know, it's not a magic. It will take months. Yeah. Um, but by the time the roasting machine, uh, by the time we had a roasting machine, it is even late because by the time the probat arrived to us our order is is already too too big that even the probat by itself cannot cope up with the demand uh, that is keep on pouring every every day uh, and that's the reason why we also get another machine which is lowering the 35 mm. kilos um but yeah it's, it's 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 um it's very fulfilling also on the other side to to, to actually know that um, a lot of people trust um, trust us, trust the coffees that we sell. And yeah, it's, it's, it's good to, it's, wow. <laughs> it's a very fulfilling moment. Yeah. Good, good. Yeah. It
0: seems like a growing family. Yeah. And uh, regarding management in the rastery, uh in your opinion, what it must be done to achieve good management in the rostery to still grow your company, to succeed?
1: Um, management. Um, my style of uh, of management um, is very chill. I want the people to have freedom, because I, I was working since I'm I'm very young, and I always end up working in some big um, international company, and and the freedom is not freedom of you as an employee is not is not very common, right? The freedom is very restricted. So when I open up, when I, I think to open archers, I, the the first thing that I do is I need to make sure that I give freedom to the people, freedom for them to decide, freedom to do what they want to do. Um, um, we paid also well the the people not only for them to survive on their income but also the, I make sure that they are the their income is good. So that um, it's not only for Bible income, you know. They also live their life. So when you when you have this freedom, um, better income, and the the, the person working uh, to you will will actually help you. It's a less stress from the management side because they the, your people will help you to grow the business by itself. But then one thing also on the freedom, I think. A very important part is at least to make sure that there is a company rules and regulations that everyone is following because giving too much freedom also most of the time they take it for granted right? mm. uh, like for instance in archers if you if you come late if you are or if you are absent I don't ask you a question I trust you that you are absent that's before right but but sometimes, some cases, you know, giving freedom to, to, the, to the employees, um, they kind of take it for granted sometimes. Right now, what I'm doing is yes, I'm giving them freedom, but there is a Company rules and regulation that everyone will follow. Even the the, the management, uh, the managing partner will follow the rules and regulation, so that we, you know, we we are um, we are in the same direction. Yeah, you're like yeah. on the same
0: page, and yeah. uh, everyone knows to what to do. Yes. Otherwise, it will be chaos. I totally
1: agree with you. Yeah, yeah. it must
0: be freedom, yeah. but it must be sort of discipline as well. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. Too much freedom
1: is not good. I think it, <laughs> All, all too much is not good.
0: Yeah, even for yourself, think about yourself, of yeah. course. If you're lazy, it's okay sometimes to be lazy. <laughs> yeah, um, Yeah. you need to control yourself, yeah. and also you need to control your company. Right. Well, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything yeah, else? Uh,
1: and, and, and also part of that management is to, to make sure to delegate people properly, right? Uh, hiring the right uh, people to the finance department, the, the, the accounts team, the admin team, right? hiring the right people for marketing, hiring the right people uh, for the production area, finding the right people to be the, the, the face, the guys that is going outside to be the face of your brand. Finding those people is very, very important for the, the, the business to grow as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Um, what do you love about your job?
1: What I love? <laughs> tasting hundreds and thousands of coffees every every year. I, I, I just love it. I am very fortunate, I'm very fortunate on that part. I, I've tasted, I've, uh, I've taste lots of coffees in my life, beautiful coffees. Yeah. And that's, I think that's what I like about my job. Um, I first, before I love traveling, but then I realized that I actually, Traveling is actually stressful. Uh, I remember last year I travel. I went. I went to uh, to attend to uh, Boston and ECA uh, um, event. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I I jumped to Guatemala, running away, and then jumped to Costa Rica, and then jumped to Panama. So from Costa Rica, I drive to Panama. And in Panama, I, I went to Colombia and, uh, you, you know, traveling uh, in other, I think in, 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 in the other perspective, if you don't uh, experience those work travel and very tight work travel, he, when you see my Instagram only maybe, you see, oh, this guy is very lucky. Yeah, traveling you have around lots of uh, <laughs> countries. Behind that. Oh, behind that is is a lot of hard work. You need to wake up so early because you need to meet this producer, and this producer will bring you, will bring you to his farms. After that, you need to cup coffees. After that, you cup coffees. You need to hang out a little bit, and then the next day you're running, you're running again. The same, um, the same. What happened to you on that day? You wake up very early. You sleep too late. Wake up very early, meeting another producers, and repeat what you do, and then. You need to run to your next flight, going to another countries. So there's tons of to hard, work, yeah, um, hard work, aside and from the Instagrammable pictures. Yeah. And a lot of troubles in the roads, long mm-hmm. troubles. And yeah. it's very stressful sometimes. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. It seems
0: romantic, <laughs> <Yes>. but actually, <laughs> behind the scenes, lots of uh, job must be done and you need to be disciplined as well right yes yes yes. yes. exactly uh, but do you remember your worst working day or maybe period in mm-hmm. uh, archers or maybe you were like no way uh, maybe you felt like you' were gonna f- like fed up and I think
1: I think I feel that always you know being a leader be, being uh, being someone who managed the business and partly owning the business is really not easy. It's, it's not easy because you, you are the, the, the person to decide um, to decide uh, be it good and be it worst, right? And you need to prepare yourself in a daily basis that there will be some negative problems today. You need to prepare yourself for that heartbreaking moments. Be it be it something like this be it one of the guy who's helping us delivery bump his car in the middle of the road be it like that be it our walk in freezer where we store a very expensive coffee start stop working and it's a million dollars inside a million that comes inside those those freezer be it be it something like that be it the machine is not working <laughs> right be it be it, there's no driver. There, there's no available people to deliver the coffee. So I think I always experienced that, uh, and and I guess you just need to you you just need to to, to be really strong, um, because as a as a as a business owner and as a as a plus managing the business, you cannot show that. Um, negative uh, you cannot show that weakness to your people because it's a domino effect if if it's if you show that weakness to your people kind of demotivated um, and that will actually impact uh, everyone on your group so every day you wake up you slap yourself boom baba. you need to work hard to be strong because you will face a lot of problems today not every day but sometimes there are good good things happening um, which is yeah, but that, that's life, you know. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But yeah. do
0: you remember maybe one particular story when you like completely really fa- up, yeah? failed something? You like, no way.
1: Um, I, I guess uh, that failing moment is, is, is basically like uh, the moments when we started Archers where we don't have roasting machine and it's very frustrated. And even the roaster where we are renting the coffee saying, hey, we cannot roast today because we are so busy and then we have deliveries needs to be, mm. orders needs to be filled. You know, that, that, that moment is very frustrating to me. Uh, nowadays, I'm, I'm okay, I, 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 I handle, I've been to a worst, very worst, uh, you know, uh, experience, so yeah. right now, All good. I'm, I'm, I'm just accepting everything okay. and chill and solve the problem. Yeah. Okay.
0: What did you learn from that experience from the beginning of the company? So you felt frustrated, but how it helped you to be where you are right now?
1: Yes. No, you know, those hard times always help us to be, to be where we are right now. Without those hard times, we will never be where we are right now. So I'm very lucky for those hard times as well. Um, it's, 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 it's those moments will, 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 will keep you moving. Right and and it's very fulfilling when you pass that moment.
0: Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. What will be your advice for someone who would love to open up a roastery?
1: Yes. Nice. Oh, uh, there's a lot of advice that I can give. <laughs> advice, um, not only on buying side, not only understanding coffee, but understanding business in general. Um, be it be it understanding the business in general numbers. You know, when we start Archer's, one of the challenging moments that I face is, I know how the coffee works, but I, I'm not a business person. I don't know finance. But w- what I did is, on, on, in the middle of this knowing coffee, n- knowing more about coffee, in the middle of this, I, I joined to some, some courses on businesses, business courses. For me, to, to, be, to be able to cop up with, or to be able to, to understand the business in general. So and this is also my advice to the people opening up a business. You need to understand numbers, the money, right? But you also need to understand coffee, right? You understand also how important branding and branding guidelines. This is very important. You, un, you need to understand how to, recog- how to choose and recognize people. There's there are so many things that makes the business actually successful. And it is a, it's like a chain, right? One of this is not good, you break the chain and business will hard to be successful. Will, it will take you, uh, it, it will be so hard for you to become a successful business if you break those chains so and for instance in the UAE, right like a lot of uh, a lot of people maybe have money and they think okay I'll open a roastery tomorrow and, uh, and and that's it I'll just hire one copy people and then that's it but th- that's not that that's actually not how it works you really need to understand that whole business by itself you need to understand everything there because if not then um, you might close your business after a few 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 years or you will always get eaten by the guys who understand how to really run the business well. So yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah.
0: That's 100%, my too. 100%. yeah. Um, I need some insider information. Yes. How much do you sell in Middle East? So regarding uh, roasting coffee and green beans, is it like 50-50, or 70% you sell green beans mm. and 30
1: roasted. I No, uh, we are mainly, uh, the business comes from the, the wholesale side, mm-hmm. uh, B2B. Probably eighty percent of the business coming from that roasted, ro- roasted, ro- coffee. roasted coffee. Twenty,
0: it's like green beans. It's a bean mix strain.
1: of education, green beans. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. you get lucky. So in the buying season, for instance, and it's not always right. So there's a buying season of Ethiopia, Kenya, sure, sure, sure. Panama. So for instance, you can sell two containers of Ethiopian coffee, let's say in Saudi, and you sell let's say almost two million dirhams. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's there's just not that. Uh, example, but then it, it will not happen all the time. That will happen maybe once a year, twice a year. Yeah, sure. Um, but the the, the, the main um, the main business is from uh, roasting, which is I see. Um, um, probably now we we are in uh, 15 plus thousand kilos per month. Yeah, all right, around all around right. that range. And I'm very happy also that we because UAE market is very small. If you <laughs> Our, yeah, yeah, Our yeah. Uh, our our population here is very small. The country itself, but do you supply
0: small. mostly in the U. E.
1: We supply mostly in the U. E. Yeah, but
0: also you have some international shipping.
1: Now we supply few cafes in Europe, few cafes in China, uh, Malaysia, uh, Indonesia, Philippines. So we have now some. Some Three relationship
0: copies. is like uh, long term. It's not like someone bought coffee from a website and no, no. Okay. so uh, we are really supplying so, the wow. memory
1: and uh, China is becoming more bigger and bigger. Than wow, the, the orders in, in that area in Asia become bigger and bigger every 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 month. Yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah. Um. And, but yeah. uh, regarding green beans, also UAE or you can send green beans to different countries.
1: Yeah, we, we do uh, we we do send uh, coffees from uh, different uh, countries like mostly neighboring countries Saudi, Qatar, um, mm. Oman. So um, there are there are new roasters that we are helping where um, they are they worried to directly source their coffee because they worried that might someone might cheat them. There are some experience I've, I've experienced like that where okay I buy I buy I buy it to you um, I pay your service and uh, but you know um, it's a risk for them to make sure that they, they get they will get what they actually uh, buy yeah, mm-hmm. yeah so, so.
0: would you tell me like like three things which differs you from a roster is in Middle East
1: oh ah. What are those three things? I, I don't really
0: just what pops up in your mind right now. I if I speak I about archers, what archers? is? Yeah. So
1: I don't differentiate differentiate ourselves to others. I think everyone is doing good job, um, but I think what what we what is our strength right now is. Um, we, are, we are already uh, have producers where we already get married to them. Mm-hmm. We already found a producer that, that is a good producer that supplies us beautiful coffees every year and we grow uh, together to them. Um, there is what, that part. Um, there is also um, a part of at least right now not like in the first year of our church that we can't even afford to buy coffee at least now somehow we are able to purchase coffees in volumes that's why we can able to purchase directly from producing countries and ship direct do direct kind of direct trading Mm -hmm. Um, there is that and uh, and, and and lastly, I have a a, a beautiful beautiful team. Right? people work with us, loves what they are doing, really loves what they are doing, and no joke on that. They love what they do. I can I can see mm-hmm. to them. I can feel to them that they like what you, they like what they do, and you. I'm kind of surrounding with those people, having that like-minded or very motivated or um, very visionary people and that helps our business to grow. So I'm, I'm, I'm very fortunate to, to have the whole team in Archers. Yeah, yeah. good, good. <laughs> yeah.
0: But could you tell me what are uh, things that drastically helped you mm-hmm. to build up this uh, company? Uh, and your career as well, yeah.
1: Yeah, the... The one that really helps me is that motivation to solve problems before. That's actually my, my best uh, motivator to do something like this. So I think that's my, that's my, that's my gasoline. Mm-hmm. Um, why, I'm, uh, why I'm here right now. Yeah. Yeah. Solving those problems beforehand <laughs> in this market. Which is already sor- solved again um, currently. Yeah.
0: So yeah. I think uh, what helped you is like the vision that you have already after mm. living here, right? Like,
1: yeah. So um, that that vision of you wanted to solve problem because that adds value to the to the industry and to the community. Yeah. That's that's my. That's my gasoline, that's my driving um, So your inspiration motivation. is
0: the actually market here in UAE. Yeah,
1: the, the, pro- <laughs> the problems that we need to solve, that's my inspiration. <laughs> right, right. Someone needs to solve it though.
0: <laughs> nice, so what are your uh, nearest goals in the uh, coffee industry? Oh, nearest goals? Uh, your personal and uh, as a company, of course, as a part of the company.
1: Uh, my personal, I think spending more time with family. Yeah. Um, Archers is taking all of my time, and my my wife, my kids. Um, I, I I really feel bad sometimes that um, all my times is just archers. Even even though I I'm in the house, I'm answering producers' call. I'm talking to producers. I'm talking to clients. I'm talking to the work. And I, I you know that that moment seeing my family, you know, it's like I'm kind of away to them. My my. My goal is maybe um, to spend time for m- more time with my, my wife, my family, um, my my kids. Be a father to a family. I think that's one of my goals this year, and and and, and n- not to overly work. Yeah, because I I I work so so much, and just takes all my time. Yeah, so that's, that's why, why that's you're successful. That's my that's my goal in business. Um, my main goal is to maintain, right? For me, it's easy to grow. But maintaining that growth is very hard. Mm. Right? It's easy for you to be, uh, to be there on the top, it's easy. But to maintain to be somewhere there is very hard. So my, my goal right now is, how can we able to maintain uh, the business? Don't force the growth. Just grow organically, but make sure that you maintain the business because that's the challenge—a very, very big challenge that what I'm, what we are facing right now in our church. There's a lot of cafes come and go, um, and like the, our time is not enough to service those people, right? Because it's also very, very overwhelming, right? So my, what I'm doing for the past actually few weeks, few months. I'm trying to restructure and create the system in Archer's where our focus is to stabilize this business. Forget getting new clients and another clients and another client, forget that, right? Focus on the current ones that you have and maintain that relationship. Yeah, That's s- my goal. Sustainability uh, is yes. the key. Exactly. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. I imagine uh, in this situation, like your as your company is a balloon, you you always want to be bigger, bigger, bigger. But this is very yes, very risky moment that you can be burst out. Yes,
1: that's very hard.
0: So So you need to maintain to be just make sure.
1: Yeah. (laughs) We're we're okay. Not too big. Not too small. Just okay, and just enjoy. uh, Yeah. And also, uh, if you think about it. Era, uh, if you think about it right like if you open a business right H-h-h- what is how much money the, how much money you need for you to be happy uh, right it's, it's 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 very for me it's actually money should not be the driving force to drive your business money is just money right because when you when you think about money only to grow so for you, if, if you think that growth is basically earning high, big money, money is unlimited, it will not stop. So if your happiness is money, you will never be happy. So, so as a business owner, right, as a, it, it, the same thing what I said to, to the partners in Archers, right, money is money. How much, until when, you will be happy? On money. And if you notice it, if you notice those very successful people, very successful people, right? They said, I've I, I, I heard this once that let them be famous and let them be rich for them to realize that being famous and being having a lot of money is not the reason for happiness. So exactly. money is only money. You just need to focus and give value to... To, you need just you just need to love what you do and give value to this market here, money will come. Yeah. Wonderful,
0: wonderful, excellent <laughs> yeah. quote. Yeah. 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 So the last thing uh, will be, what mm-hmm. is the biggest takeaway you hope listeners learn from our conversation today?
1: Oh, um, the takeaway. Um, I guess because me right as a as a filipino <laughs> a stereotype of being filipino the problem with us is um you you always there's a lot of filipinos here and most of the time you know the stereotype again the stereotype of being a filipino is most of the time we're mainly an employees to a business employee of of a business but um but in you can actually do something um, on your own, um, right? And f- for me, um, to the, the the advice that I can I, I can give or to 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 a lot of people is um, aside from uh, so first thing first, you need to love what you do, right? You definitely need to love what you do, but at the same time, you need to learn new skill set every now and then, right? I uh, will give you one example. Baristas five years ago, the value is very high, is because the demand is very high, and cannot kind of the supply or the baristas, professional baristas, is very few. So the value of these guys are very high, right? But then right, cut the move forward in 2022. There's a lot of people now understand coffee. Now the value of of being a barista. Right? The value of being a barista is actually decreased a bit. Now, what you can do is you need to learn new skill sets for you to be able to have that market value, right? I've seen, I've, I've, I know a lot of people, and I've seen a lot of uh, same batches of, of, of copy people. Right, they mainly just focus on coffee, and they are so passionate in coffee. Mm-hmm. But sometimes they forget to learn new skill set, like be it management, be it marketing, be it be it roasting, be it be whatever. But you need to learn new skill set for you to be able to 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 give or for you to be able that great value to wherever uh, you are. So that's um <laughs> yeah. that's yeah. brilliant yeah.
0: Uh, wow so it was absolutely informative talk with mm-hmm. you and I'm sure our listeners will find this episode useful okay. and thank you so much for your time
1: Fred well, <laughs> thank you Irina um, it, it's already one hour <laughs> I, I thought it was very really short you know but uh, thank you so much Irina thank you for having me here to your podcast um this is a very great platform so that we can share our uh, experience, or knowledge to our community and uh, keep doing it. Um, and again, thanks for having me.
0: Welcome, welcome. Thank you so much. And this was Coffee People in Middle East podcast. Thank you so much for the listening. Bye-bye. Thanks for the listening. If you enjoy those conversations as much as I do, consider supporting my podcast. The best support from you would be your likes and sharing of my Instagram page, or if you buy coffee from Rose Story directly from me. And if you need any education program, either SEA certification or coffee consulting for your coffee shop, please hit me up.